In this podcast, I would like to speak about Hanukkah, beautiful ideas, mystical ideas, and also to explain the link between Hanukkah and the weekly portion of the Torah that usually we read during this time of the year that speaks about the story of Joseph, Yosef, what is the connection between what happened to him and, in general, the festival of Hanukkah. I would like to start with a question, a famous question, that is brought by the author of the Shulchan Aruch many hundred, hundreds of years ago, Rav Yosef Karu. That why do we celebrate Hanukkah? The simple understanding of the story, after the Hashmonaim, the Maccabim, the family of the Jewish people that fought against the Greeks, were able to defeat them in war and restore the service in the temple, they wanted to light the menorah that was Every day was being lit by the Kohen. But the Greeks had impurified all the oils. And they were looking for some oil that hasn't been impurified. And they were able to find one jar with the seal of the Kohen Gadol, the supreme sacerdote, that hasn't been touched by the Greeks and therefore hasn't been defiled. But it only contained oil for one day. So they put the oil in the menorah. They expecting it only to last for one day. And miraculously, it extended for a total of eight days. And that's why we celebrate Hanukkah for eight days. However, the question is that the miracle actually only extended for seven days because one day, one oil for what to lead for to light to last for one day was enough in the jar they found. So why do we celebrate and we call the miracle of a miracle of eight days when in, in truth it was only for seven days? Many, many questions and many, many answers have been given to this question. Actually, recently just came out a book with 500 answers to this question. In this podcast, I would like to offer two answers based on Kabbalah and through them understand in a very nice and deeper way what Hanukkah is all about and also, as I said, what has to do with the story of Joseph. We can find a mystical answer to these two questions through the Sefirot. I've been speaking a lot about the attributes of God, the Kabbalah calls them the Sefirot, the ten revelations that God used when he created the world, and he uses them as he's running the world. And we can, in a way, feel that there's a connection between Hanukkah that lasts and we celebrate for eight days to the eighth sefirah, the eighth attribute of God. But how do we look which one would be the eighth? Because there are ten, the first one closest to God, and then keep on revealing a different aspect until the last and the tenth one, which is, as it were, further away from God's perfection. Which would, could be the eighth sefirah? Coming from up, from closest to God, down, the third towards the end of the revelation of the Sefirot? Or can we look at them coming from us, the closest to us, from down up, and then would be the third closest to God? And I think we can see that they are both. There are actually two aspects of the same, they call it two sides of the same coin, two aspects of the same revelation of God in the world. I'm going to start with coming to the eighth one from up down, as Rabbi Freelander 
the great Mashiach Torah scholar of the famous Yeshiva Ponovitz explains it. And these ideas have been brought in a beautiful book that just came out last year called The Light and the Splendor by Rabbi Daniel Gladstein. He explains that the eighth revelation, the eighth attribute, the eighth sefirah from up down is the sphere of Hod, which is splendor. And that is what Hanukkah is all about, about being in touch and perceiving God's splendor. What is splendor? There are two words in Hebrew. They are very similar. Many times they are even used one next to the other. We can look, look at that in prayer in the Psalms, which is Hod, which I just translated splendor, ve hadar. Hod ve hadar. Hadar is also from the word leader, to do something beautiful. Even some commentators, they hold that both words, Hod and hadar, meadrin, are kind of the same, just synonym of the same aspect, which is a certain beauty. But Rabbi Glassen brings the name of the Malvin, a very important commentator of the Torah of the 18th century, that he says, actually, they're not the same. And actually, they're very, very different. And this is the difference between the Greek and the Western philosophy and the Torah and the Jewish philosophy. Hadar is an external beauty. Like in Sukkot, we look for a etrog. A etrog should be very, very pretty with a lot of hidur, which means external a beauty that you can perceive by just looking at that. And actually, when we do mitzvot, we try to deal with this external beauty. That is called hidur mitzvah. Doing a mitzvah with a special beauty. This is what a dar represents, the external, the beauty you can perceive with your senses. Hod, as the opposite way, explains the Malbim, is not the external, but the inner beauty of something that emanates, stems from the spiritual root, from the spiritual aspect of either the mitzvah or even the person. Interestingly enough, says Rabbi Flinder, that in Hanukkah, the family, the family of the Hashmonaim, the Maccabim, that went to fight and defeated miraculously the Greeks, they were Kayanim. There's a special prayer we add in the silent Amidah, in the silent prayer of Shemona Esre, that we appreciate and we thank God for the miracles of Hanukkah. It's called Alanisim. Also, when we bench, when we eat bread, and we do Birkat Amazon, we also had the paragraph of Alanisim during Hanukkah. And we start by mentioning that this was in the time of Matityahu ben Yohanan Kohen Gadol, Uhashmunai Uvanav. So this was by Matityahu, the son of the Kohen Gadol, and his children, they were also obviously Kriyanim. We can perceive then that there's an aspect that was in opposition between the Kohanim, representing the Jewish people, and the Greeks. And this is related to these aspects of Hod and Adar. Hadar is the external beauty. And that is what the Greeks were all about. Beauty in the human being, in the body, in art, even in sports. 
was the beauty of the sports, and everything that the Greeks valued had to do with external beauty. And they completely rejected and neglected of a concept of an inner spiritual beauty. They didn't even believe in that. According to Greek culture, according to even nowadays Western culture and science, whatever a person cannot measure with the five senses, whatever you cannot see or hear, or anything to do with the five senses, according to Western culture, doesn't even exist. Spirituality, by definition, is something that is beyond the perceived the, the, the perception of the five senses. So it's an inner aspect of the world that the Greeks completely didn't believe in it. And that is what the Kwanim and the Kwen Gadol represent. The Torah speaks about the garments of the Kwen Gadol, Lechabodo Letifaret, to give glory and to give a special beauty to the Kwen Gadol, and also the Kwanim, they would wear special garments in the service in the temple. The Kwanim and the service on the temple is a representation, representation of the Hod, of the inner spiritual beauty in the world, which is the beauty expressed of the perfection of God in everything that exists in the world. But since it can be perceived by the five senses, a person needs to look, to look deeper into things to be able to perceive it. You need, you need like a special uh, feeling and perception of that. Because the Greeks didn't believe in anything spiritual, they started forbidden for the Jewish people to keep Torah mitzvot. And they got to a point that the Jewish people said, enough is enough. And that's how this family of Kwanim, the Hashmonaim, and they gave themselves the name Maccabi, based on a verse, went out to fight. And miraculously, God delivered the Greeks into the hands, and they were able to restore their servants of mitzvot and the learning of the Torah to the Jewish people. And then they went to light the Hanukkah dineros of the menorah. And miraculously, that's when one of them extended to eight days. To teach us a very important principle, and this is the first answer to the question that how come we extend and celebrate for eight days when the miracle only lasted for the extra seven days? And the answer that is brought, Rabbi Daniel Gladstein brings it, to show us that even the fact that oil exists and the oil can light even for one day, that is also a miracle. Miracle means to understand that nature doesn't work on its own right. There has to be some spiritual force moving the cogs and everything to work in the world. We, would, we get used to it because we just, since we're born, we see that things work in that way. And we take for granted, and that's what the Greeks thought, that there's no God, there's no spirituality, and everything just runs in a normal, natural way. What the Torah is teaching us, and what the miracle of Hanukkah is also revealing to us, is that even the fact that oil can light, that in itself is, is a miracle. And with, with this we see... What we took for granted in our question, that the fact that there was oil for one day, that's not a miracle. This answers that, that in itself is a miracle. The other seven days only reveal that even the very first one is a miracle. And very interestingly, the word Shmona, 
which is in Hebrew means eight, has the same letters in different order of the word neshama, that is a soul. Because the number eight reveals that everything in the world has a soul. What's mean a soul? Obviously, there's a concept of a soul in a human being that we're not only a body that uh, functions according to the biological aspects of the body, but actually there's a soul in the body that is re the real essence of a human being. But even more than that, not only in the body, but in the world, in everything, there's a soul. There's God's presence behind everything that actively, first of all, is creating things, and secondly, is making them work the way they should be working. And a beautiful idea, if you go to the numerical value of the word hateva, hateva with a hey means the nature, what today people call mother nature. In Hebrew, the word hateva has the numerical value when every letter has, is called gematria, a number according to its position in the Hebrew alphabet. So hateva has a numerical value of 86, which is exact the same numerical value of the word helokim, which is the name of God, to show us that in a superficial way, we only perceive nature running, running on its own. But really, deeper behind everything is God's presence, presence, the soul of God, as it were, in the, in the world, activating and making things run. And that is the beauty of the hod, of the hidden aspect of the world. And that is being revealed in the world through the Kwanim and in the service of the temple. In general, when there was a temple of every day, there were miracles happening in the temple, and there was a service of the Kwanim, and specifically in the miracle of Hanukkah, that the Kwanim were able to go back and restore the service of the temple in with purity. And the symbol of this spiritual aspect and the beauty of Hod was the fact that the oil lasted for eight days. And this is the concept of number eight, Shmona, Neshama. Eight means that there's a soul. And actually the word Shem and oil contains the same letters. And the word Hashmonaim, which is the name of the family that they became the Maccabim and did, they, they fought and they brought this miracle, also contains Hashmonaim, the, 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 the letters of the word Shem and Shmona, which is eight and a soul. So with this, we appreciate what... Uh, in the miracle of Hanukkah, what it represented and what it came to teach us about the Hod and the beauty and in the hidden aspect of the world. To sum up, the miracle of Hanukkah represents the war between the Hadar and the Hod. The Hadar is the external superficial perception of the Greeks that could only appreciate the beauty of the physical and completely negate there's a, such a concept of the spiritual that is the soul of everything. So they fought against that, they fought against that aspect, which is the spiritual, which is the hod, the, the, the splendor of the spiritual of the hidden. And another idea, beautiful, also brought by Rabbi Gladstein, that the word hod also translates as lehodot, which means to think. Who do we thank? If we acknowledge and we perceive 
that there's everything spiritual and that God, Elohim, is the source of everything and he's the one running every aspect of life, then we don't take things for granted. Rather, we thank God for everything we've got. Actually, one of the longest uh, blessings that we say constantly is after we go to the bathroom. And what is that? Because it's very simple to take for granted when you are healthy. But God forbid, only when you become sick, then you realize that it's not so simple to be healthy. So when a person is able to go to the bathroom, and if we really think what going to the bathroom is all about, I mean, it's an unbelievable thing that God created a system in our body that can cleanse all the toxins of our body and just separate what is good for us and we keep it and what is not good for the body, just can evacuate it, eliminate it from the body. That's a proper miracle. Every time we go to the bathroom and, and we, we, we are in need to, to evacuate whatever is, is toxic, then we realize what an unbelievable thing is the human body. And if we're healthy, we can thank and appreciate that there's a God that created us like that and he's keeping us healthy. That's just an example of a blessing, how we appreciate and we acknowledge that there's a God. And actually, the more blessings we say, the, the more we appreciate what God is giving us, the more we can acknowledge and thank God for everything we've got. People that don't believe in God, people that think that, think that things just run on their own right, so they are the opposite of Leodot. They don't appreciate and they don't thank God for whatever they have. And the, who we are, the Jewish people, the word Jew comes from the word Yehuda. And Yehuda was one of the 12 tribes, one of the sons of Yaakov, that was named Yehuda actually as a sign by his mother of thanks, of appreciation, said his mother Leah, one of Jacob's, Jacob's wives, Apam Odes Hashem. This time, this is my fourth child. I really thank, thanking God for having children, for having sons. So I want to give this son a name that whenever I call him, it reminds myself of thanking God for him. And that is the name Yehuda, and that's who we are, the Jewish people. By essence, by definition, in our name, we convey the idea that we're constantly acknowledging and thanking God for who we are and what He gives us. So this is the, the, the first aspect and the first way to answer the question, why do we light the menorah and why do we celebrate Hanukkah for eight days? It has to do with the eighth sphera from starting point downwards, which is the sphera of Hod, of acknowledgement, of splendor of the spiritual, and comes to teach us that not only the seven days that the miracle extended was a, a miracle, but even the fact that the, for the first day there was oil, and oil in its own also is able to, to light, that in itself also shows the spirituality. So together the, the, the eight days come to teach us the same message of look beyond the physical, go into the source of everything, which is God's, God's presence. The second way of answering this question, and is, let's call it the other side of the same coin, is when we go to the eighth sphere from down up, from the furthest 
looking at the closest higher up, which be the third sphere closest to God, would be the eighth coming from down up. There are seven spherot, the lower sever, seven, revealed in this world. And I already mentioned in the podcast of Genesis how every day of creation correlates to one of these lower seven sephirot. The first day has to do with kindness, and the second day is with restraint, and so forth, until the last one, which corresponds to the Shabbat. However, beyond these seven sephirot are the closest spherots to God, and those are the spherot of the planning of the world. The highest is called Keter, crown, which is God's will, and then comes Chochma and Bina, wisdom and understanding, which is how the plan of God, what he wants to achieve with the world, and he how he's achieving it. The design and all that goes, all the programming, as it were, that runs the world. These uh, higher spherot, they are not revealed in nature, in the world itself, but is, let me give an example. In a computer, you have the, the, the physical computer, the hardware, but then you have the programs, which you don't see, which is the software, is how the computers run. The number seven, the seven lower spherot, is as it were the hardware of the world how this physical world is running, and they represent nature. Everything in the, in the physical world has to do with the number seven. We see seven colors in the rainbow, seven notes in the musical scale. Even in our body, we see six parts of the body, and then the seven is the head, and in the head we have the seven orifices, we have the two ears, two eyes, two nostrils, and the mouth. So the number seven represents everything that the, the, the world is built with. And then the number eight is beyond that. And these are the two high revelations, Sfirot of Chochmah and Bina, wisdom and understanding. Therefore, if we would count from down up, the eight Sefirah with Bina, understanding. And something very beautiful there's a famous uh, poem we sing in Hanukkah. It's called Maoz Tur, Maoz Tur Yeshuati. And we describe the different exiles from the beginning in Egypt that the Jewish people has going through. When we, go, when we go to the paragraph that describes what happened against the Greeks, we say that the Jewish people instituted the eight days of Hanukkah. But we call in that poem to the sages of the Jewish people, Bnei Bina. We sing, Bnei Bina, Yemesh Mona. People of understanding, eight days they fixed, they established to celebrate Hanukkah. So very interesting, we call them Bnei Bina. The people have to do with understanding. And definitely this correlates to the sphere of understanding that is beyond the world. In other words, that the number eight represents what is above the physical world. And that's also what we explained previously, the sphere of Hod. So the sphere of Hod is how we perceive down here that there's something deeper in the world. And the sphere of Binah, which all the way up, is actually 
that system of wisdom through which God is running the world. One is in its root, in its essence, Bina, but down here in Hod is when, when we perceive that it exists. So we see that both aspects, whether you see from down up or from up down, represent the same idea, that the world doesn't run on its own right, but there's a spiritual force behind everything that happens. That is the secret of the number eight, and that is the soul of the world. And this also brings us to the story of Joseph. Joseph. We all know that Joseph had a special power, first of all, of dreaming, and second of all, of explaining to interpreting the meaning of the dreams. What brought Joseph to fame? That when he was in jail, the king of Egypt, the Pharaoh, had a dream. And it's a famous story with seven cows, seven fat cows, and then seven thin cows, scrawny cows, eating them. And the same thing with wheat. And the father wakes up, and he was very disturbed by his dream. He knew, he felt something important was being conveyed to him by God, but didn't know the meaning. Until finally somebody tells him, you know, there's a Jewish guy in jail, and he's very good in interpreting, interpreting dreams. So Pharaoh brings Joseph, and he tells all his dream to Joseph. And right away, Joseph tells him the meaning of the dream, that the seven fat cows are seven years, and then the seven scrawny cows are also, after the first seven of uh, um, plenty, there's going to be seven years of uh, famine, and he perceives the greatness of Joseph. And right away says, Father to Joseph, after you're able to explain to me the dream, for sure there's no one in, in here in Egypt as a person of wisdom and understanding, Navon, Navon Vechacham. There's no other one with so much understanding and wisdom like you. Paro calls Yosef, according to these two higher spirit, wisdom and understanding. Why was he so impressed? Because the number seven represented the physical world. The dream spoke was going to happen in this physical world, the seven years of plenty, then the seven years of famine. And when he called all his astrologers and magicians and uh, advisors, nobody was able to tell him what was the, the meaning, what was beyond that dream. Only Joseph, Joseph, he was a person of Bina and Chochmah, of the higher two spirit, that he understood the workings beyond the physical world. That's why he was able to interpret the meaning of his dreams. And this is a lesson for all of us, that we shouldn't just look at the world in face value and think that what we see is what it is. But we should know there's something deeper in the world. There's a whole spiritual level and aspect of God running the world and, and bringing the world towards a mission, towards a goal. And that's what got Paro so impressed about Joseph and made him his second in command. And really that is what Torah Judaism is all about, and specifically that is what Hanukkah is all about. When we light the candles of Hanukkah for eight days is a reminder, and the lights of the candles is also a reminder of there's a spiritual truth 
there's not only the physical light of the candles, but they represent, they convey the message of the existence of a spiritual level. And during these days, we celebrate, we thank and we appreciate God for everything He's giving us. And also, we get Chizuk, we strengthen ourselves and our belief that there's a meaning to life. There's a deeper purpose in everything we do, and we need to be people of wisdom and understanding, like Joseph, to, to understand the meaning of life, the meaning of everything that happens, and what is the purpose of life, and what is the best we can do in order to achieve our mission in life. I wish everybody a happy Hanukkah, and uh, God should give us the opportunity to celebrate with these deep, deep insights.